News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And it is just after 5 o'clock, 5 after 5 o'clock, a lot of fives in there. It's uh, Skulls here along with Lior Samfiru, and we are ready to go. Another edition of the Employment Hour on your Saturday afternoon here on CFRA. Uh, it is a call-in show after all, so that means you can call in and ask your questions. That's how it works. Uh, 613-521-TALK. We are talking employment law and severance, dealing with your workplace, and everything under that topic we cover over the next hour and each week here on the show. So let's uh, let's get right into it, Lior. A lot of stuff to cover today. We're going to talk about even more misconceptions with respect to severance because there is a lengthy list. But before that, we get into the uh, the week that was with uh, with you. What's going on? Well, John, uh, you know it's been a great week in, in the sense that uh, a lot of people that heard us right here on CFRA had uh, called me at the office or emailed me, and, and I had a chance to speak with uh, quite a few people about the workplace issues, workplace rights, and you know the the nicest thing about my job is when people say, "Thanks, Lior, you made me feel better," and, and right. that's a lot of what I do is. Sometimes you may think you're you're in a bad situation, and you know what? It may not be that bad. Not everything is, is doom and gloom. So if you're facing a workplace issue, there may be an easy solution. There may be an easy out. So by all means, call us right now on the show. We'll be uh, here till uh, close to 6 o'clock this evening. And, uh, you know, we want to take your questions, answer your problems about your job, your workplace, the problems you may be facing, uh, your concerns, maybe if you lost your job, human rights, what have you, anything at all. But, of course, if you don't want to be uh, on air uh, this afternoon, no problem. We'll give you my contact information uh, throughout the show so that uh, we can speak privately. But week there was, where I'd like to start, a couple situations that came across my desk, because if you're, you're listening right now, you may face that same situation at your workplace. So I spoke with a gentleman. Uh, he'd been working as a machine operator for uh, quite a number of years. Uh, but over the past three or four years, he had been working a lot of overtime. Right. Uh, and it was consistent, and it was something that he liked because he got paid quite well for doing it. So every week, he would probably be working 15 hours plus uh, in overtime. And uh, he, he got paid time and a half, happy, and he started counting that as part of his compensation because yep. it's been three or four years. Mm-hmm. Well, very recently, the company came to him and said, well, we figure we're paying too much in overtime, so what we're going to do is we're just going to hire another person to do these extra hours. It's just the more efficient things to, to, to do. Yep. And you know what, John? It probably is the most efficient thing to do to hire another person. But for this gentleman, it now means essentially he's taking a big pay cut. Yes. He's not going to be working these overtime hours that he was counting on. And he called me and he said, do I have to take you know, a 20%, whatever it is, pay cut now uh, because I'm not getting these overtime hours? Well, here's the thing, John. Even though the company was not obligated in the first place to allow him to work overtime, once they did, it became a term of employment. So now his term of employment is that he works these amount of hours in overtime, he gets paid for it, and that's part of his compensation. So the the company is not allowed to just unilaterally change that compensation. They're not allowed to say, from now on, you don't work overtime, therefore you're making less money. That's a significant change, which means now he has a choice. He can obviously accept this change, continue working, or he can treat his employment as being terminated. He can leave and get his full severance. And in speaking to him, I told him it makes sense to probably get your severance because now severance is going to be calculated on the basis of your total compensation, including overtime. So I wanted to bring this up here for all our listeners because anytime your compensation gets changed, that is a big deal. Uh, And in overtime, if you're used to overtime, if you work overtime and now all of a sudden your employer says, from now on that's not happening anymore, from now on you're just strictly nine to five, 
that's not actually something they're allowed to do. John, that could be a constructive dismissal. So if it had just been a case where the overtime, like I guess most of us in our careers, sporadic when they need it, you work a bit of overtime, you got a few extra shekels at the end of the month, that's fine. But it became such a regular thing, you're saying, it's now a term of his employment. That's exactly it. If it wasn't something that he was always counting on, it would be different. You know, maybe some weeks he does, some weeks he doesn't. Then it's not something that's an essential and a regular term of employment. Then, yes, they could take it away. But if it's something that's consistent and regular, it becomes a term of employment. It becomes part of his compensation, which means now it's his. Now they can't just take it away. Uh, so it's a very important lesson there. And that doesn't apply just to overtime. It could apply to anything, you know, commissions, bonuses, uh, uh, anything at all. Anything that's taken away from you that impacts your compensation is a big deal. So now that company, because of this misstep, they're going to be in some financial hot water and some hardship. What should they have done retroactively looking back to avoid this on an employer point of view? Well, the employer could have done one of two things. First thing is they could have simply given him enough notice of this change. So let's say someone in his situation gets uh, 10 months severance. Well, what they could have done is given him 10 months notice of this change. So employee, we're telling you that 10 months uh, months from now, we're going to hire another person. You're not going to work overtime anymore. Because the amount of notice would have been sufficient, come 10 months, he would not have been owed severance. He wouldn't have the option to quit with compensation. So that's the first thing they could have done. The second thing is if they would have been even more proactive is back when they hired him, they would have wanted to have an employment agreement that gives them the power to do that explicitly. That says we can give you overtime, we can take overtime, and that's our right. So an employer can be proactive, either give notice or, or have an employment agreement that gives you flexibility. If you're not going to do both of those things, then the employer is not able to make uh, changes that impact the person's compensation. This is a call-in show. After all, you have questions, comments, something has you scratching your head already at this hour about this topic, about your job possibly. Call in 613-521-TALK. You can also email help at employmenthour.com. What else you got going on? Spoke with another uh, CFRA listener uh, this week uh, who obviously will remain anonymous like everyone will. Uh, And he had come back uh, recently uh, from uh, a medical leave. He had been off for a number of months uh, for a serious medical issue. But when he came back, he was on graduated hours, meaning that he started off part-time hours. And slowly the hours increased until he was able to do his regular job. Now, he got the impression right away, John, that his employer was not too happy when he came back. But they kind of let it slide, and they let him continue working. As soon as he uh, started finally working full-time hours, within two weeks of that, all of a sudden, he is let go. And they're saying, oh, it's a a restructuring. Except, John, he's the only one let go that doesn't appear to be any restructuring, that doesn't appear to be uh, anything else going on other than him not working there anymore. So he called me, and he wanted to know, can they do that? But here's the thing. If they're letting him go in this circumstances, it does make it look like they're letting him go because he took that medical leave, because of his medical condition. And if that is the case, that's illegal. It seems to me like this was a company that said, well, we know we can't let him go the day he comes back, so let's pretend, let's kind of buy some time and we'll let him go later and we're sure that'll be fine. Well, again, not so fast because... If you were letting, you're let go because of your medical condition, because you took a medical leave, that is a human rights violation. That is illegal. Your employer cannot do that, regardless of the severance. Now, not only is this a human rights violation, he was also significantly underpaid for his severance. He was a nine-year employee. He was offered four months pay. He should have been offered 10 months pay. So that's the issue there, but also he was owed potentially human rights damages. 
I wanted to bring this up, of course, to remind employers and employees that you cannot be let go because you took a medical leave, because you need help, accommodation, because you're on modified duties. Uh, if you're let go because of that, that is completely illegal. And I've heard, you know, cases where we've talked about this and the employer doesn't like it and the employee's back there and the employer says, well, you know what, we don't like this, so I'm going to assume you're giving me your resignation. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That, that doesn't work that way. There's no such thing as an assumed resignation. We may get to that topic even later today if we have time, but yeah. a resignation can only happen voluntarily and unilaterally. You, the employee, can be the only one that decides if you've resigned. If your employer says, oh, uh, I'm assuming you're resigning or you have to resign or I'm, I'm going to consider that to have been a resignation, nonsense. It doesn't happen unless you voluntarily choose not to work for the company anymore. You want to reach out any time to Lior and a member of his team, Alex, possibly, anybody on the crew, it's a 1-855-821-5900. Again, help at employmenthour.com is the email. We'll take a short break, get into our topic for the day, and uh, wait for your phone calls as well. Free or free to call in. you got lots of time and ask your questions over the remainder of the hour, 613-521-TALK. Just getting warmed up. It's the Employment Hour. It's right here on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer, Lior Samfiru. And it is uh, 5.20 here on your Saturday afternoon. Plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions. This is a call-in show, the Employment Hour. We talk about your employment, your workplace rights, and everything. Maybe you got a severance offer in front of you, or you're thinking it might be coming down the pike. You want to call, get some information, and uh, get wiser before the end of the hour. That is why we are here. 613-521-TALK to call in. For the remainder, emails as well, help at theemploymenthour.com. And uh, I want to get to this, uh, Leo. We, we've, we've done a few of these. I know Alex and I have touched on a little bit of this list, and that is even more misconceptions with respect to severance. It's a good topic, yeah? It is a good topic because when it comes to severance, quite literally, it's where the money is. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a situation where because there's so many misconceptions out there, because people believe there's misconceptions, invariably people accept a lot less severance than they're owed or people believe they're not owed severance for whatever reason. So uh, we want to talk about that. We want to try at some point to, to try to eliminate and dispel every myth, every mis misconception when it comes to severance so that people know the truth. So we're going to talk about a few things that I know people believe but are not in fact true. You so bet. we'll talk about what is actually true so that when you're staring at that termination letter uh, one day, you'll know what, what it means, you'll know what's right and what's not right. That's why the show is educational. We'll get to the first one. It is, it's up to the company to decide how much severance an employee is owed. That is a misconception. And you're chuckling because you know better, because you know I've been doing this show for a long time. But a lot of people believe that the company makes a call. The companies decide because they know they're smart, they're the employer. No, the company doesn't get to decide how much severance. The law decides that. I don't decide that either, by the way. The law makes that determination based on a number of factors, such as your age, your position, the length of your employment, a number of other factors as well. And because of that, because the employer doesn't decide, if they don't pay what they're supposed to, well, the law is going to say, well, guess what, employer? You have to pay more. Uh, and the law is going to take care of that, and gonna, the employer is going to have to pay more. So whether the employer pays a month's pay for every year of service or six months pay for every year, the law decides what the actual amount is. And here's a spoiler alert, and mm -hmm. you know our regular listeners know this already. Most employers pay or offer to pay 
a lot less than what they actually have to. And a lot of the employers in that situ- employees in that situation will accept it. Again, assuming the employer makes that call, the employer knows best. No, it doesn't. That's why it's up to you to get a, that advice. That's why it's up to you to go to severedspaycalculator.com right. uh, because the employer not only doesn't uh, make that decision, oftentimes the employer itself doesn't appreciate how much they owe. Yeah, mentioning the uh, severance pay calculator, by the way, we are well over half a million users have used it and had their eyes open for sure. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. Uh, to call in, ask some questions, 613-521-TALK. This afternoon, it is a call-in show. It's all for you. That's why we do this. We are talking about uh, even more misconceptions with respect to severance. This one, again, you know, two and a half million employees, this certain size payroll, so on and so forth. Either way, the, the basic genesis of it is different size companies have different severance obligations. People think that. You know, and, and, and this, it's a misconception, and it's a yeah. huge misconception. But if you can, if you go online, you go on Google, you'll find websites that will tell you that. Well, no, no. Let's be very clear. When it comes to a person's full termination entitlements, the size of the company or the size of the company's payroll is completely irrelevant. What I mean by that is, you get the same amount of severance whether you get you work for a, a company with two employees or two thousand employees. Mm-hmm. Again, it's based on your age your position and the length of your employment. So where does this $2.5 million payroll myth comes from? Well, your minimum entitlements may depend on the size of the company's payroll, but who cares? Your full entitlements, what the actual full amount that you're owed has nothing to do with it. So bottom line is, the size of the company doesn't matter. I've spoken with so many employees and employers over the years that uh, we're uh, under the belief that, no, no, I work for a small company and they don't have to pay severance because it's a small company. Nonsense. And, and some of these people that thought they'd get nothing wrote as much as two years pay. So please, please, please do not believe that misconception. If you're listening to us now, now you know better. You know that your employer has to pay you severance regardless of the size of the company, size of the payroll. And, you know, we may get a call later saying, well, I didn't realize that, Lior, and, and you know, five years ago when I was let go, uh, I, I didn't get severance. Can I do something about it? Unfortunately, you can't. There is a two-year limitation period, so hopefully that hasn't happened to you. But at least you know now in the future, the size of the company doesn't matter. You get severance either way. So with that in mind, uh, maybe we've lost John Scholes here. So let's, uh, let's continue talking about a couple other uh, misconceptions. And another uh, big misconception is this idea of two weeks pay per year of service, that that's all you get. Again, not so fast, not even close. Your minimum entitlements may be that, but your full entitlements can be five times that, 10 times that. So remember, your uh, your entitlements can be a heck of a lot more. There's people that have worked for a year and they're owed six months severance. There's people that have worked for three months and are owed six months severance. So regardless of that, the size of the company, size of the company's payroll does not matter. And, of course, it's not a week, two weeks per year of service. You want to know how much it is? Again, severancepaycalculator.com is where you go to. Uh, and, again, a lot of misconceptions out there. And, and John, are you back with us? I am back here. Yep. That was interesting. Went for a little bit of a trip, but I feel better now. <laughs> uh, the number, by the way, for a call-in show, it is here, 613-521-TALK. We'll uh, get those phone lines ready for you. They are ready. They're just uh, waiting for your call. Even more misconceptions with respect to severance. You get severance only if you did absolutely nothing wrong. How about that one? Yeah, absolutely. The misconception is, oh, I have to have 100% clean hands. 
to get severance, that I only get severance if I did nothing wrong. If I did something wrong and I lost my job, I don't get severance. No, not at all. Not even close, uh, folks. A lot of people get severance even if they've done something wrong because the only people that can be deprived of severance are those that did something that's so bad that it rises to a level that it makes it impossible to continue employing them. So it's not a question of did you do something wrong. It's a question of did you do something so bad that you deserve to be let go for cause. You may have done something wrong, even a few things wrong. It doesn't mean you're not owed severance. A lot of times, I speak with people that are let go supposedly for cause. They did something wrong. The employer says, well, no, no, you did something wrong. Look right there. So we're letting you go. And no severance because you did something wrong. That is a wrongful dismissal nine out of ten times. Hmm. So I want to speak to you. If you ever think that you're not owed severance because maybe you did something wrong, you lost your job because of that, most situations, in most cases, uh, unless you've done it ten times and you've been warned a bunch of times, then no, that's not going to be cause. You're going to be owed not just severance, but your full severance. That number, by the way, to reach out and contact Lior when we're not doing this show or otherwise, one 855 help at employmenthour.com. Misconceptions more than when it comes to respect to severance. This one, I can never figure out the numbers, and you hear this all the time. Federally or provincially regulated employers have to pay less severance. Yes, and, and big, big, big misconception. The misconception being that, that there's really a difference between federally right. regulated employers and provincially regulated employers. Okay. Certainly a big issue here in Ottawa. A lot of people work for the uh, federal government, but you may be working in other in- industries that are federally regulated. Uh, banking, uh, you know, radio, uh, you know, uh, rail. So, no, let's be very clear. The severance is still the same. Again, what are the factors? Age, position, and length of employment not the industry that the company's in, not if they're federally or provincially regulated. So no, you get the same amount of severance, whether again, big company, small company, federally, provincially, none of that matters. I've spoken with so many people, my gosh, that uh, have been let go from a federally regulated company and they say, you know, the stuff that you talk about, Lior, on your radio show, really that's just for, for provincially regulated employees and I lost my job from a federally regulated company, so that doesn't apply to me. Not at all. Nonsense. It does apply to you. You get the same severance. You can always go to severancepaycalculator.com, federal or provincial, uh, and it works just the same. This one we could do an entire show on. In fact, I think we have. Uh, being, quote-unquote, on contract means you don't get severance. Being on contract. What a, what a term. Well, let's be very clear. Most people that are supposedly on contract, almost all of them, are really employees in the eyes of the law. It doesn't matter what you really call yourself. The law makes that determination. If you have a regular job, you go somewhere to work, you do the job, you come home, you are an employee. You're not on contract despite what you may call yourself, despite if you have your own company, if you pay your own taxes, none of that actually matters. So what does that mean? If you lose that job, you get your full severance, just like everyone else it's substance over form. Most people that are supposedly on contract are not really in the eyes of the law. They're employees. We're going to take a, a quick break and uh, wait for you. And uh, well, the phone lines are open. You want to call in, ask some questions here. It is a call-in show about your job, your severance, your boss. Maybe you are the boss. That would be good, too. It's 613-521-TALK. And email is help at employmenthour.com. It's the Employment Hour. Rolls on right here. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. We are back indeed at 534 
You want to call in, you want to ask some questions about your employment, your job, maybe your severance, even if just for interest's sake, maybe nothing's on the horizon, which is uh, dreadful. You may be uh, very happy. You may be the boss. You may be start a new job. But just to get some uh, some knowledge is uh, the reason to call in, among many others. 613-521-TALK is that number. Help at employmenthour.com to send over an email. We are talking about misconceptions, more misconceptions with respect to severance. Um, your employer knows how much severance you are owed. Don't worry about it. Got it covered. You're fine. Yeah, and, and you you think it, your employer would know, right? I yep, mean, your employer right. probably has done this before. Your employer has probably more access to resources than, uh, let's say, you would right. as the employee. Yep. So your employer should know, and uh, your employer should know exactly. And if they're saying you're only owed this, then you must only be owed this. Well, again, not so fast. So fast. So there's two things here. First thing is your employer may, in fact, know exactly how much you're owed. Except they don't want to give it to you. Okay, right. they they assume that you won't know, or they hope that you won't know. So your employer may say, "Well, yeah, I know I should be paying John a twelve month severance, but John probably doesn't know that. So let me offer him four months instead, and hopefully he'll accept it." It's a so the fact that your employer should know, maybe it's a big company, small, oh. sophisticated company, it does not mean you're not getting underpaid. Okay, not at all. In fact, the opposite is true. Most people are offered a lot less because the employer hopes that they won't know any better. But the other side of that is some employers, in fact, don't know. All these misconceptions we're talking about, a lot of employers believe them as well. So, you know, it doesn't mean that just because it's the employer that the employer knows better. It may, but it may not. So, again, it is your job, the, the employee who's lost his or her job, to determine, to figure out how much you're owed, to make sure that you're not accepting less than what the law says you should have. You call me, you call another employment lawyer. If you don't like me, that's okay. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. There's a number of ways to make sure that you're not losing out on what is rightfully yours, but you can never assume your employer knows best. And even if, again, if they do, it does not mean that when you're looking at that piece of paper with the severance offer, that that offer is anywhere near what it should actually be. Well, I think if you, you know, we've talked about this too. And if you take companies of larger size, size that may have sophisticated HR uh, within the walls, you're thinking, okay, it's a big company. They should know this is right. They're probably doing the right thing. But if it's one or several people that are being let go over a course of time, um, they're they're playing the odds. If they let go ten people and nine people don't bother to challenge what they're being offered, they're saving quite a bit of scratch, right? That's pretty good odds, you know. And and those mm-hmm. are in fact the odds. Out of 10 people that are being offered a lot less than what they're owed, nine will probably accept, and they'll probably even accept without thinking twice about it. Right. And you know what does that mean for them? Well, some of these folks that, are, that accept a lot less could be owed extra tens of thousands of dollars. So it's a big deal, and it, if you lose your job, that's when you really need that money the most because now you still have to pay your bills, but you don't have other income, so you need that severance to help carry you until you find another position. So, yeah, the employer plays the odds, but again, they're not going to do that with our listeners right now because our listeners right now know better. And they should call you anytime before they sign anything. Of course, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You can always go to severancepaycalculator.com as well. You still have time, uh, just under half hour to call in and ask your questions here live on the air. We'd love to talk to you. Six one three five two one talk. Feel free to give us a ring and ask your questions. No questions are uh, too small, too big, too silly, or too funny, or too serious. We take them all here on the uh, the employment hour. Now, misconceptions when it comes to this long list. We're almost through these. There's a couple more I want to get through next one is if a company shuts down gone you don't get severance 
Yeah, and uh, this is a, this is a big one. And you know, well, the company is gone, so I guess I can't do anything about it. I can't get blood from a stone. Well, right. again, not so fast. If a company shut down, uh, then it doesn't mean that it doesn't have the ability to pay. Shutting down is very different than than bankruptcy. Everyone heard, for example, about the Sears bankruptcy, right? Yes. Sears was in fact bankrupt. That did mean it did that people did not get their severance. But it's very different than a company shutting down. Why? Because a company shutting down because it's maybe not profitable doesn't mean that it doesn't have assets. It may own equipment. It may own property. It may have accounts receivable where people owe them uh, owe the money. So no, it does not mean that at all. I've acted for hundreds of people over the years uh, that lost their job as a result of a company st- st- ceasing to operate. And severance was still paid and paid in full, and I made sure of that. Now, bankruptcy situation is different. In a bankruptcy situation, you can't do much about it. You're stuck, and you're not likely going to get your severance, or if you do, it's going to be a tiny, tiny fraction of it. Uh, But other than that, even if the company says, you know, we're shutting our doors uh, next week, it doesn't mean you get severance. What you don't want to do, though, in that situation is you don't want to sit on your rights. You don't want to wait before you pursue it, because at some point, there may not be money to pay you what you're owed. So if a company shuts its doors and you lose your job as a result of that, even more of a reason to be proactive, more of a reason to to call me, to email me and talk about what you're owed so that we can pursue that while the company still has the ability to pay. Well, you know, you mentioned pursue it, and you know, it's it's the old uh, belief. You know, hi, you know, I got to call a lawyer, got to call the or go through this rigmarole. It's not worth it to pursue full severance. Wrong. Yeah, and, and and people believe that all the time, and you know, th- there's a natural, I guess, fear or uncomfortable feeling with lawyers, and I, I get that. Yeah. I understand that completely. And you know what? Some legal proceedings can be long, expensive, risky, etc., but usually not when it comes to employment law. Okay. Employment law and, and employment cases usually are straightforward, usually they're short, usually they're not expensive. Uh, they're very, very different. And frankly, that's why I like them because it's not complicated. I don't have to get, get involved in a two-year legal battle. Oftentimes, the legal battle is a week or two weeks or a few weeks. So don't ever be afraid of the process, of the legal process, not when it comes to employment law. Very different than other types of, uh, of law. So that's why it, it is Fairly straightforward to recover what's what you're owed uh, in an employment situation. The number, by the way, 613-521-TALK. If you want to call in and ask your questions, we'd love to have you here. you still got uh, yeah, a few minutes to go until we uh, until we wrap it for the day, and we're going to wrap up this, uh, this particular topic before we move on to some emails, and that is even more misconceptions with respect to severance. If my severance offer is inadequate, ah, maybe what, a week, two weeks, few days at best? The company should know best, right? Yeah, and you know, and I, I agree with the idea that if listen, if you're owed another week's pay, hey, it's a week's pay, but it's not going to change your life. You know, you can take it or leave it. Right. I get that, and a lot, and people believe that. Yeah, you know, maybe Leo's right, and maybe my severance offer is not going to be that great if I actually look into it. But you know, it's going to be another week's pay, and it's not worth the hassle. Maybe a couple weeks' pay, may as well sign it. No, let's be very clear. Most people, the vast majority of people. Uh, when their severance offer is inadequate, it's not to the tune of a week or two weeks pay. It's usually a number of months pay, usually the equivalent of tens of thousands of dollars uh, or certainly thousands of dollars. So if you come to me with a severance package that's two weeks short, I'd probably tell you, you know what, it's close enough. But most people, when I speak with them and you know they're offered three months pay, it should have been six months or 12 months. So please don't assume that your severance offer is just slightly under uh, under what it needs to be. 
Figure it out. Don't guess. Don't uh, take my word for it. Go to severancepaycalculator.com yourself. There's no excuse not to do that. You grab your smartphone. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. takes you a second. It's free. It's anonymous. And then you know. And if your severance offer is good, then great. You, you're done. Uh, you can accept. If it's not good, you can contact me or you can contact another lawyer if you really want to. Not a problem. But please don't ever sign off on your severance package without going to severancepaycalculator.com. You know, Catherine just dropped over a quick email. She must have heard what we were talking about in our misconceptions. And she says, you know, I was let go from my job. Uh, my employer says that they don't have any money to pay severance. Now what do I do? Well, you know, I don't know her employer. So it's hard to say if her employer is telling the truth or not. But I've been in the situation so many times when the employer is not telling the truth. And, and it's not something you can take your employer's word for it. Uh, and oftentimes that's something an employer may say to kind of just get you to go away because, oh, I don't have any money, so what do you want from me? Well, yeah. no. If your employer says that, we're going to need them to show us and prove us because they have to. And even if the employer is still operating, the law is going to make them pay, and the law can seize assets if needed, and the law can do a lot of things to make sure that a company pays what it's legally obligated. So don't take your employer's word for it because there's too much at stake. Uh, if the employer ultimately goes bankrupt, then the employer goes bankrupt. But if the employer is still operating or if the employer is not bankrupt, it has to meet its legal obligation. Remember, this is not about greed. This is about what the law says the employer right. should have to do. So you should never feel bad uh, to try to pursue what is rightfully and legally yours. And your employer cannot avoid it. And there's repercussions to doing that. There's obligations that an employer has if it employs people. And one of them is to pay them what they're owed. We'll, uh, we'll take a short break and get right back to it in the last few moments of the show. A couple more emails to get through. And if you have some time, if you have something uh, in your mind you want to talk about and ask, this is the time to do it and call into the show. 613-521-TALK. It's the Employment Hour. It's on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. And we are back indeed. A few minutes still for you to call in if you uh, have a question, 613-521-TALK. And in that regard, we will uh, go over to uh, to George. Hey, George, good afternoon. How are you? Here's a difficult question for you. Let's say that you see an employee okay. not being paid the proper uh, minimum wage or being, being paid proper everything else regarding the job. Can you, uh, not being an employee there, can you turn that employer in for doing that? Uh, well, you, you can... Uh, tell the Ministry of Labor to to come in and investigate. The, the the unfortunate thing is that because the Ministry of Labor is uh, like many government bodies, you know, overworked and uh, overloaded, that they're not actually in most cases going to come in unless an employee files a formal complaint That's uh, what they with tell them. Me. What's that? They won't file a complaint unless the employee files the complaint, even though well, the they're supposed to come and investigate, even if someone else to tell them, but as practically speaking, they won't do it unless the actual employee files a complaint with them. So there's nobody uh, I can phone to get it done? No, it's not going to happen, unfortunately. The employee would have to do it to, to go to them either, uh, but what and the employee could do it. They don't have to go to the Ministry of Labor. They can come to someone like me to help them, but the Ministry of Labor can absolutely do it, but it would have to be the employee going there directly. So the Ministry of Labor can just sit there and go, hi, we don't do nothing, bye. Well, you know, it's it's unfortunate because, you know, they have a lot of cases and uh, there's not enough people. And, you know, we can yeah. talk to our government about that, but that's the reality they were facing. So I, I hear you, and it's not right, but that's the way it is right well, now, some unfortunately. Some people just make their own law then. 
Well, well, you know, it's up to the employee to stand up for their rights, George. You know, the employee okay. should stand yeah. up for their rights. That's why we have laws here. Uh, and if they don't, it's going to be very hard to help them. I just wanted to a number someplace you could turn them in and some kind of snitch number or something. That's all. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately, right, there right. isn't, George. Yeah. Okay, thanks very much. Thanks, George. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate the call. We'll, uh, we've got time for an email. I think we'll get uh, Rob is up next. By the way, anytime you can send an email over, it doesn't have to be during the show. It is help at employmenthour.com. Rob says, I was about to return back to work from a disability leave. My employer just told me that my job, yeah, it's no longer available, but they have another job for me at less pay. Is this a constructive dismissal? Well, so let's think, talk about this. The first thing I would want to know here is, is this thing that the employer is saying, is it legitimate? Do they really not have a job for him that's the same job? Or do they just not want to give him the job? Because if they, they have a job, but they say, well, you know, we're not going to give it to Rob because he was on a medical leave, so we don't want him back to that same job, that's illegal. That is a human rights violation. They're not allowed to do that. Okay, so right off the bat, I'll say that that... that that already kind of concerns me when someone's on a medical leave and the employer says, oh, we don't have the same job for you. So so that may be a human rights violation. But let's, for argument's sake, uh, sake, assume that the employer is telling the truth, that there is a legitimate reason that position is not available and they've looked and they've tried and this other position is the only thing that they have available for Rob that's on a medical leave. Well, if this other position is, in fact, a different position, it's a lower-level position, or maybe it pays less, absolutely, it's a constructive dismissal. What's important to remember here, then, is even if the company has a good reason why, they cha- why they're changing the terms of employment, even if it's a legitimate reason, there's a business reason, there's a restructuring, they're not picking on you, there's a real good reason why they're changing the terms, it doesn't matter, it's still a constructive dismissal if it's a significant change. So Rob now potentially has the ability and the right to treat this change as a termination, as a constructive dismissal, and leave with severance. So remember, it could, in fact, also be a human rights violation if they could have given him the other job, but they didn't want to. But if it's not a human rights violation, if this is an employer that's being honest and truthful, then still it's a constructive dismissal, uh, and the fact that he was on a medical leave does not change that. I think we have time to uh, squeeze in Margaret's email. She says, I worked for, you'll love this one, I worked for a healthcare facility for 32 years full-time as an independent contractor. <laughs> uh, I was let go last week. What am I owed? It's a yeah, you know, I don't mean to disrespect a, anyone here, but, but nope. the reason I'm chuckling is there is no way in this world where anyone can be working anywhere for 32 years and yep. still be an independent contractor. Frankly, even if it was 32 months, uh, she would still yep. be considered in the eyes of the law to be an employee. Not even a question. You know, as soon as I hear that, uh, I, I, I chuckle because this is silly. So she's an employee in the eyes of the law. She's owed full compensation, full severance. It doesn't matter what she's been calling herself for all these years. It doesn't matter what the company has been calling her, what she signed, if she has a company, how she pays her taxes. She's going somewhere for 32 years. She is an employee. There's no other way about that. So keep in mind, John, she may also be owed other things. She could be owed vacation pay and overtime pay and statutory holiday pay and minimum wage. So there could be significant entitlements that someone has that's been misclassified. Uh, so she should give me a call as soon as possible. And same with you. If you are you know, believing or if you think you're an independent contractor but you really have a regular job, you're not an independent contractor. You are an employee, which means the entire rights of an employee are yours as well. Yeah, 32 years full-time as an independent contractor. That is the classic employment oxymoron if I've ever heard one, right? <laughs> 
it couldn't be more of an employment situation if she tried. Yeah. Obviously, it's employment, yeah. and, and she has all the rights of an employee. Done for another Saturday. Back in here next Saturday. In the meantime, want to contact Lior? You can do so one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. And always, before you make any move, sign anything. Don't move until you go to severancepaycalculator.com and then take it from there. Till next time, the employment hour has been right here on News Talk five eighty CFRA.